0: You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HT Smartcast. Staying with this uh, uh, disclosure piece and saying that if really we have technology in disclosures and uh, something that the regulator for some reason has not been able to uh, actually push through in terms of every policy being able to declare a certain IRR, uh, the participating, uh, the non-participating, some of them do, but the communication is really based on the communication that the agent or the seller does. As we go ahead and you have more of this technology coming in, do you think that the proposition becomes stronger or weaker of such a savings product?
1: uh monica see one thing i would like to point out to you and others is this that uh, over a period of time things have changed a lot you know like there was a time when total disclosure was not at all happening and of course you know what is happening and then uh, subsequently now we have a situation where even if i don't disclose as a insurer even if i don't disclose there are people who can calculate the irs and then tell them that this is what is happening and that is already in, in both many companies are there, many uh software professionals are doing this work and it is impacting a a uh, lot of sales, but then the the method that we go and I think the insurance industry should go about is that we should go right on the top of it, create an awareness and use this AI to propagate the purpose and the propagate the uh, see the the darker chapters if you call that uh, if you call it that way the darker chapters should be clearer and made it over. That will go a long way. Uh, I right. would go with Prashant to say that. Uh, uh, term assurance alone is not going to be open and the others are not going to be closed. There is a kind of market for everyone. And there is a kind of, uh, there are a set of people who really want to save along with, you know, when you calculate the IRR, I have an objection, always this IRR is calculated on your net investment, your uh, investment basis, your returns. But then you find you actually forget that there is a term assurance element in every single policy that you sell. So you need to remove that and then calculate IRR. It becomes comparable. So there are people who understand it that way and there are people who are investing. And we do have a lot of customers who actually do that in spite of the fact that yes, our returns probably are not in comparison with banks or with any other kind of savings. But then yes, the other side, the bracket of ULIP, will give reasonably manageable returns or maybe equal returns or better returns than banks also. So there also we have an option. So it is, it is going to change. Things are going to change now and it will have an impact. But yes only term assurance being transparent i do not subscribe
0: okay Vibha, transparency technology product mix what happens to listed companies
2: huge opportunity in all of that yes we can certainly move the needle even more significantly on transparency and disclosures uh, and uh, i don't think we can say that we've done everything that we can do uh, so as Perhaps the regulator also looks at some of these aspects. Uh, we can we can always do more, and we can always reiterate. But I also believe that an average person buying insurance probably spends more time and more research on what phone I want to buy, which is the latest um, fancy gadget I want to buy, than he or she looks at insurance. And this I'm talking about with due respect, even educated people, um, professionals. So. It, you know One can paint insurers uh, in the blackest of black colors, but I think it's also whatever education, investor education uh, attempts that we have done. When I look at some of the complaints, they'd say, you know, I thought I was buying a fixed deposit or I thought this was not a regular premium. Now, I don't know in what other language and what other modes can we really communicate. And we have every policy that goes through our back office That uh, in terms of a call or a WhatsApp or whatever the mode that the customer prefers, to say these are, you know, cutting out all the jargon, cutting out all the legalese, the most important document, which has very few items, but important. Now, if you say that, you know, I didn't understand, or I said yes, because so-and-so told me to say yes to all the questions, then who do we blame? But keeping that aside, yes, we can always do more. That is one. Second is I just want to come in on the fintech piece. Um, the way I see with the emergence of fintech uh, and what we've seen in other markets, I see that as as collaborative to life insurers as against competitive. Generally. Uh, what I've read about fintechs and spoken to a lot of them, and we keep engaging with a lot of them, I don't think there have been any interest in putting in 2,000 crores of capital or some such number and taking on risk on their balance sheet and dealing with customer complaints and so on. They have a nimble tech offering and they have a nimble uh, space in which they want to operate with the customer. And it could be on the base of ML, or whatever it might be. So it's that collaborative. They also want an open architecture. Uh, they don't want to be tied with one because they want to give choice uh, to their customers. And and we're happy with that model. And we need to have and engage with a lot more because when I uh, and and I personally talk to say the uh, uh, the people behind Ladder, for example, in the U.S. and and so on, or, or a Zongan uh, or a Lemonade. So they they have that niche. There is a hypothesis. Time will tell whether that can be scaled up or they'll get subsumed somewhere. But I think all these new ecosystems really say that we need to be where the customer is in the zone and in the manner in which the customer wants to engage. As again saying, I'm this big insurance company with this opaque you know, 16-page proposal form and you come to me and I'll issue this after a month and I'll tell you whether you're going to be insured or not. So I like that part of the fintech world very much wherein we need to be with the customers we need to have it simple if the customer wants simple products and that's all that he wants to look at we need to be there and that is why, why I, I see this as a symbiotic proposition than competing.
0: right i'm going to move to the third part and then uh, begin to ask you some predictive questions but now you know if you just look at uh, the intermediation industry with a very broad lens. So what is it that banks do, insurance companies do, mutual funds do? It is the intermediation. You're connecting savers with investors. And the life insurance industry has been a very uh, important part of the government's ability to raise, uh, to sell the bonds. You know, So the uh, state government and central government bonds find a market. And this has got to do with the investment rules, which are hard coded. Uh, it's it's really the way the industry is set up but what we have seen with the Modi government is that there is a whole disintermediation uh, they, it's been a government which has gone in for major disintermediation whether it is a prime minister disintermediating the mass media by talking to people himself okay. so there's been that disintermediation there's been disintermediation on agriculture of the middlemen when they uh, give direct bank uh, facilities rather than goods, uh, you pick up different parts. And I, I see this disintermediation thread very, very strongly. Now, if it is possible for the government to directly raise money from households, and I'm not sure when and how that will be possible, how does then the life insurance industry look at it look at itself? And Murli, I want to come to you first, that You know, there are very big changes happening today. When you look at what is happening with the whole payment system, Aadhaar link, then you look at what account aggregators are going to do on top of that. So, there is a whole new shift happening in the way that uh, we will also transact and look at our own finances and the way that the government is also able to raise resources. So, is there any thought, I mean, this is a very, it's a very broad macro question, but is there any thought going ahead, what happens if indeed there is this disintermediation? We're also looking at cryptocurrencies coming in, maybe the state itself has a crypto, because then, then, like Nandan Nilkeni says, it's the nuclear winter of banks then. What happens to this whole piece in the middle?
1: Monika, uh, see, disintermediation in insurance industry has been happening. I don't know whether you have overlooked the fact that government is directly going to customers with PMVVY, uh, PM, PM uh, Janthan Yojana and even the Prime Ministers, vandana Yojana. These are all raising directly funds from the public indirectly through LIT, but ultimately it is government raising the funds. So intermediation has been happening and it is going to happen more often than earlier in the coming years. Yes, it has impacted our uh, business to some extent in the sense that one set or one... Uh, segment of our business is actually being taken away by that because there is a different kind of a guarantee being provided by the government which we cannot afford to guarantee but that guarantee is taken a part of our of course the group ultimately uh, one thing that government has done or probably has done i mean kept us it has been kept for senior citizens only as of now it is not going to go to others except in jandan Bhima Yojana where it is a subsidized scheme with 300 rupees premium which is still going through Disintermediation is a is a part and parcel of insurers' life now. I don't think any company is, is exempt from that. All of us are impacted. Um, right. How does it affect us? This is how it goes: that uh, part of our business is taken up. But then, we because we are administering, we are also getting. We are actually trying to ride with that and then try to get a better uh, reach into the market. Because actually, right. this disintermediation though is being done it is being implemented through the agent so our people are actually involved in that process so we have a a, a slightly better opportunity to reach people further
2: right vibha so oh, i just want to no. um, sorry i just want to chip in uh, half a second here is that you know the disintermediation here for insurance i think it will be very very premature that's my view uh, pmjjby is a great product is it really growing at the rate that it's growing uh, rest of our business, no, it is not. We would love it to, but it's not. It's you know. So when the focus government takes the, the focus away, um, some of these taper off. Same thing with our NPS product. We have a subsidiary. We are very vested in it. We've just crossed twelve thousand crores, but it's only twelve thousand crores. So, you know, we, because people are not going to wake up and say, I want to buy insurance. Most people won't. Maybe some would in the COVID era, but. The larger population requires, and this is not only India, it is anywhere in the world, wherein you require that nudge, it's one of the things that you put off, you know, it doesn't come naturally to people. And India is a very young economy, very underpenetrated in the true sense of the world when you look at the summer show. And while you can have some products, but to replace with this intermediation or
0: really disaggregation of the various parts, I think it is uh, just too early. Right. So uh, I'm going to ask Mahesh, Mahesh, my question actually is that uh, traditional a lot of the uh, part of the traditional plans, what they do is they're uh, they buying GSECs at 8 and converting that into 3 or 4%. So there's a margin in the middle. If I, as a household, can go directly for a 8% GSEC, then I don't buy that plan. So I'm asking another question. So yes, there's an intermediation for insurance, but that's not what I'm talking. I'm talking about the uh, asset management, the return that a household is getting. They are coming to insurance for return. I mean, look at the product mix. I'm asking what happens if I can go directly buy a GSEC?
3: Yeah, so there will be a shift. Uh, There will be some people who will go for it. But then if you ask me, we've been talking about this disintermediation of banks for such a long time. Why are there banks anymore? We've been talking about it for the longest time, you know, that uh, people will start uh, uh, depositing money, uh, giving money directly to uh, the people who want it and then get better returns. And then there will be total disintermediation and the banks, bankers will be out Mm -hmm. of a job. It's not happening. I mean, what I'm trying to say is there will be a shift. There will be people who will go for it. The new uh, new instruments that are available. So, if the government is promising, like, like for example, you have the uh, you had the national saving certificates, and then you have the uh, PPF. Uh, uh, I, I still think it's only a tax saving uh, instrument for most people. They are not. Uh, I mean, people are not investing uh, all their funds into PPF. They are still putting money in uh, uh, traditional products. So, what I'm saying is that the requirement for, of people. Uh, is bound to be, you know, nuanced rather than, you know, uh, a wholesale kind of thing. So you just uh, say that it's, uh, uh, the government is giving 8% uh, on some kind of 20-year bonds or 30-year bonds or something. Doesn't happen. The second thing is, will the, will the government be able to afford uh, to issue bonds at 8% for a l- very long period? Uh, I am not very sure about that because what happens is that the rate of interest uh, changes very fast. Uh, I remember somebody borrowed uh, uh, 10-year funds in Japan at 3%. So 10 years back, you know, 3% looked very, very attractive. And uh, for the last three years, it's been murder. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Prashant, quick comments on this this interpretation.
4: Yeah, I mean, intermediation is a very broad word and intermediation could be be bureaucratic, which means, uh, you know, the farmer wants to sell and there's a middleman and beyond him, I can't just go, I have to go through him and the government just cuts it out and, you know, creates a mechanism for the farmer to go and sell is one kind of intermediation. The other kind of intermediation is uh, how is the value of intermediation perceived by the end customer? and. uh, really, that's where the difference lies. I believe that wherever the intermediation adds value to the final consumer, that intermediation is a good intermediation, and it will continue to remain there. Now, uh, you know, case in point is you know all these products, whatever we sell right now, is available on internet. Many of those products are available on internet. So, why aren't people just going and buying from the internet? Even you know, traditional products are available on the internet because survey after survey we find that there is an element of Handholding, there is an element of trust, there is an element of somebody being there helping the customer to understand and help in the process to buy and you know maybe that's the value which is being added to the customer and the customer wants it because they, they say it. Uh, and those kind of intermediation actually will continue until the awareness and self-sufficiency is of the kind that I no longer need you, I can do it on my own. I think that's the journey that India will have to travel.
0: That's right. So, possibly we're looking at uh, insurance agents becoming advisors, but I'll park that for another time. And this is the last segment. And when you have uh, leaders of the financial sector all together, I think all the viewers really would want to know your personal opinion on how you see the next 12 months in terms of inflation, in terms of GDP, in terms of. Uh, you know, growth in terms of jobs, because this is such an uncertain time that uh, maybe I'll just start with you, Murali, that, you know, what, what are we looking at? Uh, you know, how long before growth comes back on track? We were already uh, hurting pre-COVID on growth numbers. Of course, right now is a, uh, it's a negative year. But, you know, what wh- what is it that you see India is going to do? On GDP and also inflation. So inflation is a worry. And what does fixed income do when you have inflation rates as I think we will see soon?
1: I think Monica the economy is slowly back on moving back on slowly at least moving back on track. Uh, The figures and the elections in GST indicate that slowly at least the economy is moving on track back to the old positions. Yes, it is a worry. I agree with that. But then we, in times of uh, uh, situation like this, it is bound to happen. You have a situation where people are, have lost jobs, they have to come back to their jobs and they have to really get back to their uh, livelihood. Till that time, of course, we have our own issues which are uh, tough to deal with. But then I think uh, slowly at least it is a recovery mode. It will take time because slowly now there is another issue, there is another side to it that the people also have started moving around and starting to find jobs on their own. Earlier, it was not happening. Even now, movement moving, moving is restricted. Having said that, still the economy moving back to its uh, original positions, GST collections improving, indicates that the markets are going back to its normal position.
0: So 8% GDP, uh, any prediction by when do we get back
1: maybe, on that? Number? 8% maybe. Eight may be a tough task to ask for in this uh, COVID time. No,
0: not this year. This year I is a right off Uh, Very tough. So it's a long way to uh, 5 trillion.
1: I I agree. I agree with that. It is not time to talk about 8%, but then, yeah, make time. It will take time.
0: Okay. Vibha, on the GDP, and also I'm worrying about inflation and fixed income.
2: So, you know, I think that the inflation part is more supply side. Um, And uh, so, structurally, given monsoons were decent. i don't see that as a um, uh, as an ongoing structural issue yes it will remain there it's also on the back of what we're going through um so uh, yes a bearish kind of protective stance will continue um, for some time like you said next six months are perhaps just even if we limp back to as of 2000 Uh, 20 did not happen it will be a good place GDP I think if we end flat would be a good place from being a negative in terms of most of the economies economists have said uh, minus I think 4-6% to um, that would be good but if I look at the indicators whether it's housing affordable housing uh, picking up uh, um, uh, eBay bills um, CMI data uh, for the first time was reasonably positive for the month of October and so on so maybe green shoots big big Unknown unknown is COVID 2.0. I do worry about that. If it, if it's happened in Europe, when I see the other market and with people walking around without masks, festive season, it's a cocktail of disaster recipe for right. disaster. So I worry about that more than some of these indicators.
0: Right. Prashant, GDP uh, I
4: uh, pos- and inflation. I think I personally think India went back by two years. So you know it will be. Minus seven eight percent this year, and you then grow by seven eight percent. So essentially back by two years. Uh, I worry about inflation. Uh, while there, by the right, it could be because of supply side, uh, but uh, the the fact that it's been sticky for a while and it's not going away. And within that, uh, you know, everybody trying to cut interest uh, down, and the inflation running high, which means you know the real return that you could, anybody could earn is going to be which is not a zone to be in In case of, uh, you know, India being services and we all took pride at one point in time, but services are hit more than manufacturing world over. It's hit more, of course, more than agriculture. So we'll have to bear the brunt of uh, large service and that service being impacted. There are sectors which will continue to struggle. Uh, You know, the the retail is going to, you know, walk-in based retail, the aviation, you know, hospitality, all that will continue to struggle until uh, there is, uh, reasonable certainty around uh, you know COVID going away, which will have a uh, an impact on us over over next six to nine months. So I'm not that gung ho that India is going to come back, but there are sectors, the manufacturing, you know, demand side, consumer demand, etc., will pick up. But it will take a while for us to get back to where we were. Long term seven eight uh, percent. I think the the immediate step is to come out of this, and then we will think think about eight percent sustainable growth.
0: Yeah, Mahesh. I'm already being very hopeful to say eight percent. I think people are talking of minus eight, and I'm talking of plus. But do talk about the future. How do you see? Uh,
3: maybe eight percent, you know, definitely, but uh, probably a couple of years down the line. And uh, uh, like everyone has said, you know, like some of the things uh, that we see now, right now, the GST collections, for example, auto uh, demand for uh, uh, you know a lot of products. A lot of things there are uh, things going for us i think uh, uh, it will it will take some time this year is definitely uh, as you said a washout and uh, next year i think we'll be uh, uh, going back on the trajectory to growth uh, uh COVID 2.0 uh, i keep my fingers crossed and hope and pray that it doesn't happen like that uh, we seem to have a lesser mortality and lesser uh you know numbers in certain uh, areas in spite of not uh, having all those uh, you know safeguards that you have in uh, many of the developed countries so i, I would hope that it will be better than uh, than you know what what uh, uh, vibas just predicted you know the to, to, or uh, she's fearing so uh, but having said that I still think that it's a very uh, you know, optimistic outlook. What we were looking at in, uh, say, March, April, uh, May, it was totally bleak, totally dark. It was as if, you know, like it was the end of the world uh, 2012 or something like that. So now it's like uh, we are uh, in a much better place. You know, we are just talking about growth numbers. We were not even daring to talk about growth at that point of time. So, you know, things have improved a lot. I think it's a very optimistic thing. I'm uh, quite sure that uh, even inflation, you know, like the monsoons have been good. And uh, uh, I I think demand will get back. uh, But, uh, you know, the prices, uh, because of the uh, uh, liquidity, uh, I I, I don't think it is going to be, uh, you know, the inflation is going to... uh, Uh, simply uh, uh, run away or something. But yeah, there will be, I mean, the portents are that the inflation is increasing. But uh, uh, maybe by the end of the year, after the festival season, things should probably uh, come back in control.
0: Okay, that's really hopeful. And we have exactly just half-half minute each. And uh, I have to tell you that I was caught on the wrong foot by COVID because none of planning had prepared me. I'm a very, uh, I take a lot of risk. I was 100% into equity and uh, that COVID told me that at my age and stage, I need a bit of debt allocation. So this is my personal story where I changed my allocation into some debt part away from pure equity. And I want to start with uh, you, Murli. that, you know, one thing that you changed because of COVID on your money.
1: One thing that I would change on my money?
0: Well, for investments, uh, definitely. Okay. Okay.
1: Vibha? Who's COVID safer, safer investments because I've seen what is happening in the market. I definitely oh. go for safer investments okay. and of okay. course protection.
0: Protection. Vibha, in your personal money, did you change anything? Um, frankly, no. I
2: just uh, stuck to my asset allocation. But what I did do is that I scanned all my documents and sent it on a on, on a Dropbox to my brother who lives in the US. And he has done vice versa. So really, the the fact about mortality is very close to home. I have senior citizen parents. And finally, I badgered them in getting their will done. So uh, something something that have come out of this.
3: Yeah, I just thought of having my will made, you know, prepared, you know. So that was the only thing that I thought. I, I don't think I had the time to worry about any other thing. We were worrying too much about uh, other things, you know. Right, right.
0: Prashant?
4: Um, of course, keep some cash, you know, waiting for opportunities. If there are any, I lost a lot of money in equity, by the way, when, you know, COVID happened and, Uh, All our property is in joint, me and my wife. Uh, Now, COVID is something that can impact both of us, but I very meticulously created an Excel sheet of everything that we own and sent it in an email to her so that she knows. And I haven't done my will, though.
0: Yeah, that's an important one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So I think it's really deeply impacted all of us. Um, Thank you all very much for being here. I've had a great conversation. Thank you very much, and hope to see you again.
3: Yeah, thank you, thank, thank
0: you, you very much, much Monica. Thank you. thank you. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD SmartCast.
3: HD Smartcast.